You're listening to the On The Go with VAO News podcast for the week ending July 29th, 2016. Hello and welcome to the podcast, our weekly recap of the top headlines from the daily acquisition news. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Dara Curran, content developer and news writer. And I'm Allison Cartwright, fellow news writer. The Office of Management and Budget is asking specific agencies to monitor user activity and establish a program to manage personally identifiable information in its updated Circular A-130. The update aims to establish general policy for information technology planning and budgeting and consolidate numerous policy updates on federal agency information security in a single point of guidance. A-130 emphasizes applying real-time knowledge of the cyber environment, practicing proactive risk management, and undertaking the protection of information privacy and security as a shared collective responsibility. Also, following up on OMB's circular activity last week, the Chief Financial Officers Council and the Performance Improvement Council have released a companion playbook to help agencies implement the requirements of OMB's Circular A-123 update. Representatives from more than 20 agencies contributed to the guide, which addresses the basics of enterprise risk management and its guiding principles, how to develop a model ERM, and how to implement the newly devised approach. President Barack Obama on Tuesday set out new structures for responding to significant cybersecurity incidents and procedures for federal agencies to follow if they do experience a breach. The Cyber Response Group will lead overall government coordination of policy and strategy regarding significant cyber incidents, while the Department of Justice has been tasked with helming the threat response, the Department of Homeland Security with asset response, and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence with providing intelligence support and related activities. This week, the General Services Administration launched the new TechFAR Hub portal within its acquisition gateway, which provides a forum community to allow federal workers to join with other acquisition professionals to gain better understanding of digital services acquisition. Some portal features include educational classes, podcasts, case studies, and a solicitation builder tool for procurement officers. The Army is reporting some very significant savings with its Logistics Modernization Program, or LMP. Launched in 2003 to replace the service's former decades-old system, LMP is projected to cost a total of $4 billion by 2026, but the service is finding it's able to meaningfully offset that expense, first from saving $2 billion from the cost of maintaining its old legacy system, in addition to LMP actually just doing its job and helping the service more efficiently allocate $4 billion that was going to spare but unnecessary parts. The Army is also using more modern tools to interface with the new software, such as barcode scanners and Wi-Fi-enabled mobile devices and tablets. The Office of Defense Procurement and Acquisition Policy is calling for nominations for the annual Dick Ginman Contingency Contracting Officer Excellence Award. Nominees must be high-achieving government or military contingency contracting officers within the Department of Defense who were deployed in 2015. Nominations will be accepted through September 15th. The Government Accountability Office found during a recent review that, despite government-wide efforts to streamline the process, the Federal Research Grant Administration process remains overly complicated and is undermining the very efforts they are meant to further. 
In its interview with grant recipient universities, GAO determined recipients found the process too prescriptive, added to the workload of specialists who were intended to be performing the funded research, and added costs to the supported programs. GAO suggested agencies identify areas in which they can standardize requirements across organizations, making compliance easier, postponing pre-award requirements until applicants are pretty sure they're going to get funding, and narrowing down compliance activities to focus on the areas that pose the highest risk of researcher conflicts of interest or improper use of funds. Contractors for the National Aeronautics and Space Administration who have custody of $10 million or more in NASA-owned property, plant, and equipment will be asked to increase their reporting to the agency to a monthly frequency under a proposed rule published July 26th. The rule would also push the annual due date from October 15th to October 31st to give contractors additional time to develop the report. Comments on the rule are due by September 26th. The Environmental Protection Agency on July 28th published a direct final rule revising its disadvantaged business enterprise program to improve the program's utility, minimize burden, and clarify requirements for recipients of EPA financial assistance and DBEs. The revisions to Title 40 CFR Part 33 include establishing a self-certification platform and removing existing EPA certification requirements for firms that cannot be certified by another federal agency, updating the exemption threshold for fair share negotiations from $250,000 to $1 million, and changing DBE reporting for all recipients to an annual basis. The rule is effective October 26th, though the agency has also published a companion proposed rule to allow for public comments on the direct final rule. If adverse comments are received, EPA will withdraw the rule prior to its effective date and address comments in a subsequent final rule based on the proposed rule. Comments on that proposed rule are due by August 26th. The Small Business Administration has published a final rule effective August 24th, establishing a government-wide mentor-protege program for small businesses, similar to the agency's mentor-protege program for participants in the 8A Business Development Program. In this regulatory change, SBA is also revising provisions of the 8A program to make the mentor-protege rules consistent across both, and alters current joint venture provisions addressing the creation and operation of a joint venture partnership and its effect on a mentor-protege relationship. The rule also changes current size, standards of review, and interested party status for some appeals. That's it for this week. If you are a government agency subscriber to the Virtual Acquisition Office website, you can read more about any of the headlines we addressed on the same VAO page where you downloaded the podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in again next Friday, August 5th, to catch up on all the latest developments from the Daily Acquisition News. Goodbye.